Uh, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceutics. I'm super stoked today. Yes, I'm so stoked today to have our guest with me. She is so, so amazing. And part of why I'm so, so happy to have her is that if you re, uh, replace me on this chair with this guest, she will feel so comfortable with all the medical jargons. She will not even blink. You guys will not even know it's not Dr. Oda City. <laughs> why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I've our guest today, she is a clinical pharmacist herself. So she's a pharmacist like me. She's a mindful uh, guide. And so we're going to get to uh, intro, bring our guest and introduce her in a minute. But what do we do next? Before we even go on, guys, you know what's up. You guys know what's up. We have to do our good house cleaning. So what is our good house cleaning? This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your clinician for all your medical need. Do not start stop any medicine without talking to your doctor. Having said that, so what else do we gotta do? Uh, somebody is helping us to bring this show to you. So what are we gonna do? We wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you. First of all, I wanna say thank you for being there. Yeah, thank you guys Ooh. for being there for supporting us. But first of all, this show is uh, sponsored by WCI Health, your alternative health and wellness hub. They are the makers of Glow's product and a whole bunch of masterclasses, uh, cannabis as medicine masterclass. To find out more about WCI Health, head straight to their website, wci-health.com. And the next thing is to say thank you to you, our sponsor, our Healthy Cost Wealth uh, sponsors, and all of you that are supporting us on Apple Podcasts. We want to say thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for supporting us. And for those of you that are just joining us and wondering, who the heck is she? <laughs> who the heck is she? And why? Uh, what, uh, what right do I have to talk on this topic? I'm Dr. Lola, also known as Dr. O. I'm a clinical pharmacist by trade and I'm a plant medicine user. I grew up in Western part of Africa and there we use plant medicine as our first line of therapy. So I'm bringing that knowledge of my background and as a clinician to help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of botanical and using education as tools. So learn more about how I can help you on this journey. Slide in my DM, slide in my DM at WCIHealth19 or head straight to my website, WCI-Health. That is that about that. And for those of you, if you are yet to join our Patreon group or you are yet to join our Health Equals Wealth membership, please, 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 we need you to keep this show going. So join, uh, uh, support this show, and uh, don't just support, make sure you are sharing this show as well. Now I'm not going to take too much time. Let me jump into it, and let's get our guest. Today we have our amazing, very fabulous uh, <laughs> guest with us, uh, Dr. Tori Rerick, 
is a clinical pharmacist. She is a mindfulness guide. I am really, really interested today because I need to learn more about all the good stuff she's going to give us. So thank you so much. She is the founder of Six Feet from Cannabis, and she's so involved in so many things, chakra, crystals. I cannot even wait for her to get into those stuff. These are topics I've been wanting to learn about, so I'm so happy she is here with us. Tori, Dr. Tori, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, uh, for even accepting our, our invitation. We are so glad to have you. Thank you. It's so exciting, Dr. O. Yes, From the minute yeah. we met in the Mushroom Temple on Clubhouse, I was like, let's link up. This is I so know. beautiful. Thank you for allowing me to have some space on your show. Absolutely. And guys, one of the other things uh, that I'm so happy about is that Tori is also uh, my tribe. She yes. is half Nigerian like me. Yay! It's green, white, green. It's all in that green. So this is my sister. This is my queen. And I'm so, so happy to have you here, Tori. Mm. So let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself going. What are the journey going from yeah. a pharmacist to a mindfulness coach to chakra, crystals, uh, cannabis? Talk to me. It has been a journey and I like to say it was led by cannabis. Cannabis, I the the plant spirit has been guiding me since before I even consumed. So, you know, graduating pharmacy school in 2016, I knew I had to leave my hometown. I had grown up in the same area. So, we moved out to Colorado, my husband and I. I was pregnant at the time with my firstborn Rex. And, you know, that's interesting in and of itself because Colorado was one of the only legal cannabis states at the time. And of course, I didn't I didn't advertise that, that that was one of the major reasons we chose this spot, but she called me and I wanted to learn more and be with the plant and be in a place where it was um, more open to consume. That being said, I still did not speak of the plant in front of any of my colleagues. I didn't talk about it to patients, which was really hurting my heart, you know, to um, have my own experiences with the plant, see other people having really beautiful experiences, but then being so scared to even talk about it. it there was like this disconnect. And I think a lot of us feel that. But um, yeah, long story short, I became burnt out as a new mom, as a pharmacy manager. I started to learn self-care that was non-existent during my schooling. I don't know about how all of you felt, but professionalism took over my life. I felt like I was a robot and like couldn't be a human being, have emotions, have feelings, have hobbies. So I just started leaning into self-care because I had to, it was necessity or I was going to fall ill. I was already not doing well in the mental space. And I had transitioned over that couple of years after graduation into more natural health. I too have been on the side of taking my antidepressants, taking my SSRIs, trying different ones. But it got to the point where I, um, when I was conceiving Rex and, and carrying him, I wanted to try some other things. I knew I could go a natural route and that the, the pharmaceuticals had helped me to that point and that I was ready to try something else. So all of this is like wrapped up together. I start learning about the power of the mind and really exploring life as my own creator and, and creating something that felt good to me, not that 
checked off boxes and looked good to my my parents. Um, so from there, I had already had an internet presence. I had been showing my journey through pharmacy school, showing my type anus, uh, organizing everything to a T. And that's kind of how my anxiety manifested was like trying to control everything around me. And then I learned to do that within. So it was really natural for me to shift into that online presence and just show my journey as I was learning mindfulness and inviting others to do that. So I like to say I'm a pharmacist turned mindfulness guide. I now prescribe mindfulness. I advocate for cannabis as medicine. And uh, here we are. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I mean, I always tell people when you see clinician, especially pharmacists, we are all OCD. That is obsessive, compulsive. We don't want to kill folks. And when you are in that space, I don't even know, you know, it takes a lot to be in that space. And somebody like you, you were in a retail pharmacy. Mm -hmm. You guys should not even get me started on that. So I feel you, my sister. Okay. I feel you. Uh, it, it, it is uh, the, the, the battle is really, really a tough one when you are dealing with retail pharmacy. Talk to us a little bit more about self-care as a preventative uh, ways of taking care of ourselves. Because from what you were saying, I noticed you say you use self-care, you use those inner inner power, our OCD inner power, uh, that, that our superpower as a clinician. Mm -hmm. You tap into it and use it as a way of uh, preventative care. Talk to us a little bit about that. Definitely. So, you know, I've noticed night and day since, I mean, I only fill in at the pharmacy once in a while now. So of course I don't have that like everyday pressure at, to show up, but that being said, there's a, a night and day difference between how I show up to the pharmacy now and how I was doing it before. Before I just rushed right into it, I just got up and got going and, and I didn't know how to care for myself. And now I set my day. I set up the night before. I really think about and send love to the place that I'm going ahead of time in order to prepare my heart and my mind, not only, um, you know, the very technical and logical knowledge. I'm a whole person. And I think that's something that we forget as clinicians is to take care of ourselves because we're really used to taking care of others. But it doesn't matter if you have children or not. It doesn't, you know, you are you. And so setting up your wellness is what's most important. And that allows you to continue caring for others. And so I had to learn what self-care was. And it's a lot, a lot of different things. And at first it was quite physical and quite restful because that's what I needed the most. That's what I had neglected the most. So relaxing, stress reduction, taking baths, those were my go-tos. I started journaling a bit more. Um, and then I, it, and then it turned into prayer in a way, journaling is prayer for me. And then, you know, cannabis came in and taking my CBD and feeling held in those spaces and making sure I ate lunch and went to the bathroom. These are very small things. Self-care doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It can be it, what it is to me is listening to your body listening to your needs and then meeting them. And some of us get halfway there, right? We know what we need, but it's taking that extra step and getting what you need from yourself or asking for that help if you need it. Absolutely fabulous story. When you said learning to eat, that just kind of brought back 
memory, my goodness, learning to eat. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Can you even, when I was in the retail pharmacies, I'm telling you, Kotori, I will even forget to eat in a, in a, in a 10 hour shift. I hear you. On my feet. I hear when you. When I leave, my feet will be swollen because it's like, go, 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 go. I will, I will forget to eat. Mm-hmm. And not even eating. What about going to the bathroom to Hello. use? The- <laughs> Hello. I know. And your womb is. I said, yeah. I said, you know what? You're going to blow up your bladder right here. Exactly. That is self-care. Learning to prioritize ourselves and not feel selfish mm-hmm. about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to be coming to cannabis later, but I want you to go. Uh, I know what are the tools that you use? I know you use a lot of tools. I really mm-hmm. want you to go into crystal, into yeah. what those are, because I know our audience, they want to know a lot about, I want to know a lot yes. about that. <laughs> about it. I love that question because crystals were one of my first allies, as I like to say, um, into this more natural mindfulness realm. I actually picked up my first crystal. It was tiger's eye during my pharmacy rotations during my fourth year. And that's when my depression and anxiety had hit the hardest. I was on a double rotation away from my husband, like four hours away. So it wasn't so comfortable that we could just see each other frequently. And to be honest, he has been my emotional support person, you know, like emotional support animals. As my mental health was still a little shaky during that time, he was, he was how I regulated. And so to be so far away from him was really challenging for me. And then the pressure of feeling like you're on a constant interview during um, rotations and all the stress. So I thought, what can I do? What are some of these natural methods? How can I get into this? So I Googled crystals. I picked some out that said they were for anxiety and confidence and all of this, which that's another story. You can totally program crystals the way you want to, or connect with them in the ways you want to. But I picked up tiger's eye and I didn't really know what to do with it, what it meant, but I put it in my pocket every day at rotation. And honestly, just that physical reminder of having something in my pocket that I felt was giving me some more confidence did that. Even if it's placebo effect, you know what I mean? Like, why not? And crystals are beautiful. So I just started collecting them, even though I wasn't really quite feeling like I knew what was happening metaphysically. And so that's why I encourage people to get into crystals if they want to. I didn't really have any feelings about them. You know, there's a quite a bit of taboo around these more occult items or witchy items. And, you know, I come from a Christian family, like you better believe that people were also looking at me sideways, but Mm -hmm. at some point you have to start living your life. So anyway, I didn't have, I didn't find any conflict between Christianity and utilizing crystals because of course they talk about crystals in the Bible, but um, yeah, I just started collecting and carrying them and really believing that they were doing what they said they were doing. And, um, you know, now that I've started to hear my own intuition more, now that I've tuned into my subtle body, which is very quiet and sort of hard to hear when we're in this go, 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 go. Uh, Now that I've done that, I have a different relationship with crystals and I truly feel that I've connected with them on on new levels that I wasn't that weren't available to me before. That is awesome. That is awesome. It's kind of like, uh, I'm not a Catholic, 
but it's kind of like a rosary that they use, uh, that the Catholic use. I mean, our mind, who, how do we even know what we need? Mm-hmm. We are consciousness folks. And our forefathers have used various ways to be do mindfulness, consciousness. I mean, I remember growing up uh, when they would use this, uh, they, they call it ifa, they would, they would speak to this stuff and spread it and they will be able to read it and say, oh, this is what the spirit is saying and all that stuff. You know, I mean, there's a place of us being able to practice our religion and still be able to tap into the beauty of our ancestors. Everything is not, oh, witchy, what is when, you see all those, I believe, all those are ways that people have been divided. Mm-hmm. It's all a way of separating us. It's all a way of dividing us. I'm glad you, you really are. Uh, uh, get into that. I'm gonna come back to Crystal uh, uh, towards the end because I know our audience will want to know more. They want to know where where they can uh, tap into that energy. I want to know more about it. But let's uh, let's dive into cannabis. With the, well, I mean, when you even talk about, especially you as a clinician with a license and everything. How did you even pick cannabis and uh, become an advocate for cannabis when it comes to the stigmatization of that? Also with school, with your colleagues, the the fear of losing your job. How did you uh, navigate that space? You just like activated something that I remember that I do want to mention here. And first off, I have to say again, cannabis has chosen me. Like, these plants, they come to you when you're ready for them. And so um, my relationship with her has deepened over the years. At first, it was like people utilizing cannabis around me, me kind of observing, seeing that it wasn't this hard drug. It's not so bad. Seeing that people were still healthy and maybe even healthier around mm-hmm. me when they utilized the plant in a conscious way. Um, but OK, so the pharmacy that I got a job at was a sweet independent and they sold CBD oil. So uh, that was kind of like permission for me to at least be open to it. I needed to know about it in order to recommend it to patients, but being in retail, I didn't have a ton of time that I dedicated to doing that. And then that transition happened in 2018, where I chose to leave the pharmacy, even though I had gotten my dream clinical position, if you will, it, it was still not in my heart to continue that path. So to rewind for one moment, I want to remember this time that another employee, uh, and picture me, 24 fresh AF, coming into this pharmacy as the new girl and hearing from someone, did you learn, she said to me, another pharmacist, did you learn about cannabis in pharmacy school? I said, no, I didn't. And she said, well, it's not medicine. They're talking that it's medicine. It is not that. And that just kind of broke me. And that immediately triggered this insight that this was not a safe space to talk about cannabis, at least not with this pharmacist. And that was a really interesting dynamic because then I kind of uh, tucked in a little bit about it. But um, moving on, when 2018, when it was time for me to go 
my business wasn't quite set up yet. I did leave a little abruptly. And that's something about me. I'm quite spontaneous. And if I have a feeling about something, I go for it. But I was still learning how to run my business and I still needed side income. We had moved to Colorado. I had started attending an herbal gathering of women and I did not quite fit in. You know what I mean? Everyone there was were herbalists and they had been talking to the plants and I came from pharmacy. So I felt like the <laughs> outsider, but I still showed up every year. And I met a woman named Jessica Bates and she had just opened a CBD store at the time. And I just reached out to her. I thought I can do anything I want right now. I'm a free agent and I didn't learn about cannabis in school and I want to. And um, the farm bill had just passed. Things were popping. And she let me come in on the weekends, which was so beautiful as a new mom. My husband worked in the week. I would come in on the weekends. It was nice and quiet. And I got to know the plants because everyone else was getting to know the plant. CBD was new and hot. People wanted to know how much to take, when to take it, will it make you high? And so I, I got to dive in in a very um, relaxed way and just kind of self-study and be with the material and the plants. And one reason I love Moon Mother Hemp, which is Jessica's brand, is they're all organic. Um, they're all about full spectrum. And so I feel like I got this introduction to cannabis in, in the correct way. You know, I, I came at it from a very grassroots perspective. And so that's the way I started really learning about the, the medicine aspect of the plant. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, can you believe pharmacies in particular, we are supposed to be the drug expert, the medicine folks. If we, as the medicine folks, we don't even know that cannabis is medicine, then we are in trouble here because who are this patient going to go to? Yes. Ooh, exactly. they, we are the first line. We are the defense. We are the ones that will be able to look at their medicine and say, no, you're not supposed to take lysinopril with ramipril, all those stuff that we have to take. So if we can even know that this is medicine, then we are in trouble. Yeah, that's amazing. Tell us a little bit more about how you see cannabis as medicine. What are the uh, symptoms, what are the effects that we can use it to manage? I know we cannot claim it cures and yields yet, but our forefathers' generation before us have used this plant in almost every way. But we're going to play their game, you know? Yes, Tell us exactly. uh, how cannabis is medicine, some of the uh, conditions that we can use it to manage. Talk to us, Tori. The, the most obvious thing for me is the existence of the endocannabinoid system. When you see that our bodies and this plant have been interacting and are meant to interact, it it just makes sense. And so the endocannabinoid system is one that helps us regulate. It's all about homeostasis. And it's akin to something like the immune system where we have receptors all over our body. And so also, I like to think about supplementing our endocannabinoid system in ways that don't even involve cannabis, which are things as simple as stress reduction, which is something that we are all having trouble with in this country specifically, I would say. And so it's not even so much about the cannabis, but it's about these self-preservation practices like self-care that can help us 
be healthier. And so with cannabis, that's, it's a supplement and and we create endocannabinoids. And so we know that our body is asking for these things and asking to be regulated in this way. And sometimes we do require this supplementation if the endocannabinoid system is deficient, which many of us likely are, if something as quote unquote simple as stress is maxing out that system. So endocannabinoid system, for one, if we just look at that, we look at reducing stress, we look at um, anti-inflammation properties, CBD specifically, the, the pathways that it supports mentally, I really find useful and helpful. And the relaxation, oh, so many ways. I just think it fits so perfectly with self-care. And what I'm particularly interested in are those mental health aspects, are those spiritual aspects. I personally don't have um, a physical ailment or like a chronic ailment where I utilize cannabis in that way. For me, it's really a divination tool and it's something that supports my mental health. And so that's where I support cannabis and especially for having fun. People knock on recreation, quote unquote, recreational cannabis, but it's all medicine to me. I think having fun and laughing and joy and ease is medicine. And if cannabis can support that, I'm for it. Absolutely. You see that part that you say is nothing like nothing called recreation. I mean, if your body, if we are not thirsty, are we going to go and grab water? That is golden nugget you just dropped it. The other part that, that gets me is the fact that you say, see, cannabis is not just uh, a tools for illness. It's also a tools we can use as a, as a, as a support system. Because as we, we age, when we were little, we didn't need no vitamins. Mm-hmm. But as we grow older, our body begins to act up and we say, okay, uh-oh, I'm going to need me some vitamin. We run over the counter and grab it. I normally feel like we should just see cannabis as nutraceutical, using our nutrition. It's botanicals. Mm-hmm. It's a plant, just like our spinach. The beautiful thing about this plant is that it has the endocannabinoids, uh, endocannabinoids and can- uh, cannabinoids in there that is not seen in other botanicals, at least a lot of botanical, we are beginning to discover some botanical with it, but overall, that's where we find it. That is absolutely fabulous. Talk to us, Tori, how do we, uh, what do you think about uh, patient autonomy when it comes to uh, herbal medicine, plant medicine, even not just plant medicine, even looking into crystals, into all these uh, other tools that we can bring in. How do we empower patients? What do you think about fostering autonomy in in patients? I think this is so tricky because we have to undo quite a bit of um, patterned behavior in this area, both from the perspective of the practitioner and from the perspective of the patient. There's been this model where the practitioner tells the patient how to behave, what to do. And the patient takes that as law. And that's a really sort of dangerous place to be. And of course, it's been helpful in some ways. And and there are regimens that must be followed for certain medications. However, my 
whole journey, everything wrapped up in this self-care and cannabis following has been about trusting myself, has been about trusting my intuition and learning to hear that again. And I think that's where we can take our power back is to have discernment on when we need to follow something so regimented and when we need to actually break away from that and follow our hearts. And that's one of the things that I experienced patients having the most trouble with or customers, at least at the, at the hemp store was I would let them know, start low, go slow. And I can't recommend, I can't um, prescribe in those situations. So it was tricky for me to, to have this clinical aspect and then not also tell people exactly what to do. They want to be told what to do. Um, but start low, go slow, right? Keep a diary, check in with your body, see how you feel after that first dose. That makes people panic to not know what the outcome is going to be and to have to trust and listen to themselves. So I think helping patients out with this practice would just to, to, to have them venture into something that they feel comfortable trusting themselves with making choices that they feel comfortable with, whether that's food or, um, their own self-care practices, having them make empowered choices, start to trust themselves and then continue following that path. And maybe not starting off with something as big and as intimidating as a medication or plant regimen, but something really simple in their lives. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely awesome. I'm hearing you saying, start low, go slow. That is, I know that is our, our mantra in pharmacies that, and it can be applied to so many things. Mm-hmm. So folks, you're hearing Tori, basically what Tori is saying, it doesn't have to be a big stuff. It just could be as little as Moby believing in yourself, trusting in your God, listening to that inner still small voice. Our uh, healthcare professionals, they are human beings like mm-hmm. us. They are human. And human, we, they, we are susceptible to, to make mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. but does that mean we are trying, uh, we're not saying you should stop your medicine, but mm-hmm. what we are saying is listen to your that inner you and take that step. And mm-hmm. Go ahead. But also for the practitioners, I forgot to answer that side of it to start trusting the patients because so many of their issues are subjective and it's not always an objective thing that we can measure. And so we do have to listen to what they're saying and and validate their perspective on their body, which they are the expert in. I know that is awesome. Thank you for adding that to it. Because see, we are OCD. We are used to data. Oh, clinical trials. Oh, this is, you do this, you see this. But life is not like that. That's what I'm hearing you saying. That is awesome. Thank you so much for dropping that nugget in there as well. That's awesome. Sorry, let's uh, let's go. I know you. Uh, let's go to another topic. I know you are a mom. You have a family is uh, is very big to for you. Family is uh, part of why we do a lot of the things we do. I mean, look at living a six figure job to go after uncertainty. Part of what we do, what we do sometimes, a lot of the time, is because of our family. 
talk to me about motherhood. I mm-hmm. went on your website. I saw you had the water bath, all, all those things. That is so cool. Talk to me about being a harbor user, uh, medicine I have used that as a mom when you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Were you, did you use uh, cannabis during pregnancy? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, this one is still so tricky because it is so taboo and the research isn't there. And that's, you know, where you and I connected was this topic of psychedelics in pregnancy and motherhood. Um, <laughs> but for me personally, for me personally, I've had two pregnancies. And so the first time around, I was just starting to walk the natural path. And I went, I erred on the side of caution in terms of not utilizing anything. Um, I was off of my anxiety medications and that was going well. I hadn't quite tapped into my mindfulness practices yet um, and was staying clean in case of I needed anything for a job that I was transitioning to. I did utilize a couple of times the end of the third trimester with my son, um, but nothing regular. And then, you know, postpartum for me, cannabis continued to be my medicine. I had CBD at that point and really loved that support. (sighs) Daphne was a different story. Daphne, um, I much, I was much more into hemp than I was cannabis, you know, prior to her conception. And so I stayed with that plant throughout her pregnancy. I had intended to back off all the way because that's what I, in quotes, should do. And there was a lot of stigma and fighting back and forth in my head during that pregnancy of like, this is unacceptable etc. And then remembering that this plant is my medicine and that even though people cannot see my my mental wounds or mental issues or mental struggles, they're still valid. And so I did lean on the plant when I felt I needed to, but I did carry a lot more discernment, which I think was the result of practicing mindfulness for so long, because it is still easy, I feel, to use cannabis as a crutch, you know, that I love the plant. I amplify use of the plant, but it's still a possibility to, to use it as a crutch. So I stayed with the plant medicine throughout her pregnancy and, um, I did have a home birth with her. And so I felt, you know, the risk wasn't so much there in terms of CPS and those are valid concerns and issues, but um, I trusted myself, I trusted my body, I trusted the medicine and I stayed with it. And both of my kids are super magical. And so that's my own little anecdotal experiment, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, uh, the Jamaican women of the Rastafarian uh, descent where, I mean, they, they use this plant for nausea and vomiting uh, during labor. They gave it, use it as tonic. Uh, it's just, I always feel like there's that part that they they try to kind of like a barricade us with all those, oh, we had to have clinical data, but at the same time, we still need more information, especially when it comes to kids. That's awesome. I'm, thank you so much for bringing that personal aspect of your life into mm-hmm. it. For our audience that probably maybe they are new to cannabis or they, they want to start on that journey, what is your advice for them? Hmm. 
you know, maybe there is a, a plant, should they start, probably start with CBD or hemp? How do yes. you see folks navigating on the that goal. Of course, of course, we have to keep the goal in mind, but without knowing specifics of a person, find a, find a reputable source. You know, mm-hmm. this is an unregulated market mm-hmm. and some things that you can look for are organic plants, organically grown um, and looking for places that offer a certificate of analysis, whether it's on request or on their website, you can see what is inside of the tincture or how their plants were grown. The thing about hemp specifically is it's um, a bioaccumulator, um, which is really amazing for cleaning up the earth and remediating the soil. However, if you, if they utilize those plants for medicine, then you could end up with those toxins inside of your product. So, you know, it's kind of bougie to say buy organic, but if you're util- if you are taking this as medicine, you want it to be pure. You want it to be as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good place to start. And I, I would say start with CBD. Start low, go slow. It you know for certain sleep aspects and that sort of thing, THC might be more helpful for that sedation aspect. But um, I really do love CBD and hemp, and I think that they're a really beautiful energy to hold people, especially in the mental health space and um, energetically. So that's where I would start, and and especially the inflammation, anti-inflammation. When do we not need that? So, <laughs> duh. When do we not need it? Haven't you heard that inflammation is being implicated in almost all disease states, including cancer? So we need anti-inflammatory. And when we look at our conventional pharmaceutical, like the NSAID, we have the GI issue. When we look at steroid, which is our big gun, we have all kind of crazy stuff with that. So where is the natural uh, anti-inflammatory that we're going to uh, use other than uh, this plant. Thank you for bringing that in. Sorry, oh, tell- can I say one more thing? I'm sorry. Yeah. I would say also just explore the, the route that you're interested in. Um, of course, there are different bioavailabilities, but I really love a tincture. And if we're talking about CBD, it's pretty quick acting. It's simple to dose uh, versus something like smoking. I really do prefer vaporizing hemp, hemp flower, um, but it's that quick onset and quick offset. And it's not always comfortable to do that in terms of taking the pill and swallowing it. CBD doesn't have a great bioavailability, but may last longer. So just explore. Even topicals are so beautiful and a moment of self-care. So just consider um, cannabis as, as something broader than than lighting up a bowl or something like that. It's I very know. diverse. Yeah, that is amazing. Thank you for adding that. For me personally, I use, I love tincture because it's like I'm killing two birds with one stone. When I put the tincture under my tongue, I know it's going into my bloodstream. That will give me a little boost that I need right there and then. Then I will end up swallowing it. So when I swallow it, it kind of acts as an edible, takes a longer and it lasts longer. So that is really, really awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for adding that to us. Tori, uh, for our audience that would like to know what you do, want to work with you, what are the programs that you have? 
Thank you for this question. So there are two avenues in which I have offerings to support people reconnecting with what's important to them and learning to prioritize themselves. The first is a little bit hands off and it's my Oracle deck that was created with my baby girl in my belly. So this is a divination tool in a way. Um, it's kind of like affirmation cards. It's nothing devilish. Trust me. It's very mm -hmm. sweet energy. It's um, an opportunity for you to self-reflect and to see beautiful imagery. And it was actually cannabis inspired. She was my muse for, for this deck and calling in um, the messages. So I sit with my deck every morning in my journaling and I choose a card. I look at the beautiful picture, which I painted by hand. <laughs> and um, I read off the message that came from spirit and through my vessel. And then I wrote a personal practice with each of them so that people who aren't so familiar with self-care can, can integrate and really work with that energy throughout the day if they want to. And that's the follow your heart deck available. on Let's, my see, let's see it again. Ooh. Yeah, that is guys that's follow your heart deck. That's the Oracle deck. Go grab your copy. Yes. And it comes yes. with a crystal. It does come with a selenite wand. So if you're wanting to dabble, check it out. Um, and then secondly is, is an actual container. It's a community for these people who want to practice being themselves in a safe container. The people that we grow up with and live with and our families, they see us one way, which is great. But sometimes it doesn't feel safe to explore these different aspects of yourself. And so I wanted to create this community that provides resources. I have tons of meditations, videos, vlogs of how I live. Um, sharing all these different aspects of spirituality and we can congregate and we have calls and uh, we just share, we connect and talk about these things that are important to us, but maybe others around us aren't so into or aren't so supportive of. You can find a community here and come home to your wholeness. And that is the well-connected self-healing membership. Um, and so that it, it's like no commitment. You can jump in one month, see if you like it, jump back out or stay for six months, stay for a year. And you can actually start a week trial to just see if it's for you. And that's available through my Instagram as well. That's awesome. That is really, really awesome. Because when you, especially for entrepreneurs, sometimes you have this vision, this dream in your head. And when you share it with folks that are close to you, they're like, I mean, are you, what the heck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Or maybe the beginning of your journey, the beginning of your business, uh, you are trying to build this business and it's like, oh, it's not bringing money. It's not working. So all those negative energy, it can really kill dreams. It's killed a lot of dreams. So when you have a community like this, well connect, that is really, really smart what you're doing. I'm so, so happy to, to hear that. Tell our story. Where can our audience, where can they connect with you? What are your social handles? Talk to us. I'm pretty much always on Instagram sharing my motherhood woes and everything in between crystals, meals, everything. Um, that is at your guide Tori. And from there you could click on the well-connected page, which is at live well-connected. And then my website is toryrarick.com. And one final plug would be for my cannabis podcast, six, the number six degrees from cannabis. I have on all sorts of people speaking about their positive relationship with the with the plant that is awesome guys and i'm gonna be on that on the show six degree from cannabis soon 
So you guys be on the lookout for that. Thank you so, so much, Tori, for giving us, gracing us with your presence and your peace today. We are so appreciative of you being here. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Tori. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. Guys, that's our show today. Uh, If you are yet to join our membership, Healthy Course Well members, go to our website, wci-health.com. And remember, we still have our Cannabis Psychedelic Club on Clubhouse, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wednesdays and Saturdays. That's when that happens. You want to share this uh, episode, follow Tori, please. She is, you guys can see how awesome she is. She is awesome. I love you so much, Tori. Thank you for coming. Guys, that's it. Until next time, remember, health equals wealth. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye.